0: Special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening.
1: They're counting votes on Capitol Hill. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. The question is: Does Jim Jordan have the votes to be the next House speaker?
2: We gotta come together as a conference, or we can't open the the Congress. So we need to get a speaker as soon as possible. The Ohio Congressman
1: needs two hundred and seventeen votes to win the job. Will he get there? I asked Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn Thompson this morning. Let me ask you real quick, 217 is that magic number. Do you think Jim Jordan will eventually get there, sir? I hope so. The Republican representative says Congressman Jordan has what it takes to lead the GOP. He's earned it. I think Jim would bring
3: a strong skill set to the speaker's seat and uh, hoping we can get to 217 here today. Former Georgia Congressman Doug Collins. Really look today in the first three letters. we go by alphabetical order here. So this is something for everybody to watch. Many of the ones who are right now expressing that they don't want to vote for Jordan are in those first three letters, if you would, the ABC area. You'll know pretty quickly if he's going to be able to get it because if he loses four or five in those first three letters, he won't make it.
1: Jordan will need the support of all but four Republicans if he is to assume the gavel from Kevin McCarthy, who was fired from the job earlier this month. President Biden travels to Israel later today to show support to the Jewish state in its ongoing work war against the terror group Hamas. White House spokesman John Kirby.
2: It's a, a combat zone. The president's well aware of that. Obviously, we'll take all the appropriate security precautions to make sure that he can conduct this trip safely and effectively as we prepare for departure later on this evening. But obviously, uh,
1: we, we we know it's a serious situation for a lot of people over there. While in the Holy Land, the president will also meet with Palestine's leader, Egypt's president and Jordan's king. For Israel, they're forced to wage war while at the time time trying to rescue hostages, and that's not easy, says correspondent Holly Williams.
0: Israel's essentially trying to do two things at once. On the one hand, uh, it clearly wants to punish Hamas militarily, and it's already doing that. But on the other hand, uh, it would like to bring those hostages home alive. And at this point, Israel says it's confirmed at least 199 hostages being held by Hamas.
1: The terror groups released its first video featuring a 21-year-old female hostage. The Israeli woman's mother says she can tell by watching the proof of life video that Hamas is telling her daughter Maya what to say.
2: Yesterday
4: I saw my baby on television. I saw she's alive. I can see she was shot in her shoulder. I see she had an operation. She looks very terrified. I'm begging the world to bring
1: my baby back home. A dozen Americans are among the hostages taken by Hamas after it launched that sneak attack on Israel October 7th. Reporter Richard Engel.
0: Israel is continuing to pound the Gaza Strip on its mission to destroy Hamas. As hundreds of thousands of Israeli troops ring the area, ready for a ground invasion after Hamas killed 1,400 Israelis and took hostages, including women, the disabled, and children.
1: Former New York Assemblyman Dov had recently toured a home that Hamas hit and a family that Hamas killed in southern Israel.
4: They were butchered. The most horrendous, most horrible things imaginable Pure evil on the part of this Nazi organization, Hamas.
1: Peter Lerner is a spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces. Never again will any terrorist organization in
3: Gaza have the ability to perform the atrocities that Hamas
1: did. Israel's mobilized 300,000 troops as it prepares to enter Gaza. Iran, meantime, warning of an unspecified preemptive strike on Israel. Former director of national intelligence John Ratcliffe says Israel is right to slow walk the ground war. The
4: challenges they have an even more lethal opponent to the north in Hezbollah. You know,
0: unlike Hamas, Hezbollah has a sophisticated fighting force of 100,000 people. And so I think that the Israelis are balancing these many challenges and making sure that when they
1: move, they, they move in the most strategically smart way possible. Meantime, the Pentagon's issued standby orders for 2,000 troops. They could be deployed to non-combat roles as the Israeli-Hamas war continues reporter Trey Ying. The United
3: States has legitimate concerns about this erupting into a regional war.
1: Relief convoys have gathered near the Egypt-Gaza border. They're trying to deliver emergency supplies to the two million civilians trapped in Gaza by this war. Massive manhunts come to an end in Brussels, Belgium. Police shot and killed a suspected terrorist. This guy opened fire just before a soccer match, killing two Swedish nationals and injuring a taxi driver. He identified himself on video as a member of the Islamic State that prompted Belgium to raise their terror alert status to its highest level ever. And the D.C. judge presiding over Donald Trump's election fraud trial has just imposed a limited gag order that prevents the former president from talking about the case too much. Trump claims the order is an illegal attempt to silence him. you believe this? I'm not allowed to criticize people, so we'll see. We'll appeal it and we'll see. But it's it's so so unconstitutional. Trump is set to go on trial March 4th in D.C. for allegedly trying to overturn the 2020 election results. Still to come on the Noon Report, Hochul in the Holy Land, pro-lifers on parade, and Cuomo's COVID policies. Good
4: afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams with stubborn clouds stuck in the area today. Limited breaks of sunshine, though, do portend brighter skies in the next couple of days. forecast details up in 10. All right, Kevin, we'll see you then. Let's check the
1: stories across New York and Pennsylvania. News where you live. New York Governor Kathy Hochul headed to the Holy Land to show support to the Jewish state in its 11-day-old war with the terror group Hamas. Hochul will be in Israel when President Biden visits tomorrow. The governor plans to return to New York on Friday. New York has the largest percentage of of Jewish residents of any state in these United States. It's deadline day for former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. He's been forced to submit to Congress by today his COVID policies for nursing homes. If he fails to comply, Cuomo could be slapped with a congressional subpoena. More from Family Life, Sarah Harnish. A
0: bipartisan congressional panel called the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic wants to know more about Cuomo's directive that requires required nursing homes to accept COVID patients who were being discharged from hospitals. A report found Cuomo's administration was undercounting deaths in nursing homes by 50%. If he doesn't produce paperwork by the end of the day today, the committee says he'll be forced to appear in person in Washington, D.C. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank
1: you, Sarah. Cuomo spokesperson Rich as a Party calls this congressional probe a political witch hunt.
4: Sad and unfortunate. That some people are still seeking to weaponize the pain of others in order to advance their own craven political agenda.
1: At the height of COVID, Cuomo ordered coronavirus patients into nursing homes. More than 15,000 New Yorkers died from the virus in those facilities. Police looking for whomever stole a vehicle last night in the city of Rochester with a toddler in the back seat. A woman had gone into a store, leaving her two-year-old son in the car when the suspect got behind the wheel and took off. Police say a neighbor called 911 one after finding the boy walking alone on Electric Avenue officers say the young child suffered minor injuries they came by the thousands to the Pennsylvania State Capitol yesterday with one clear and resounding message
0: Make PA pro
1: life state it was the third annual Pennsylvania march for life and participants showed up to speak up for those who have no voice the unborn
3: it's not pro choice it's pro death if for life we are here for- Death, that simple. On the
1: other side of the abortion debate is Pittsburgh area Democrat Emily Kinkey. The
3: vast majority of Pennsylvanians support access to abortion. If you are past 24 weeks and you need an abortion, you should be able to access one without jumping through a bunch of hoops.
1: Michael Gere with the Pennsylvania Family Institute says that's a radical position to take. He helped organize yesterday's march. People are going
3: to get their voice and understand how, uh, how radical the De- Democrat position is on that issue, especially the progressive Democrats who believe there is no abortion that should not be allowed.
1: State Senator Judy Ward showed up at the rally. She wonders when did it become acceptable to label the pro-life movement as extreme?
0: It's not even respected now. It's degraded to be pro-life. It's degraded to want to help women in a time of crisis. We've come to a really bad place in the world when you can't accept someone else's opinion.
1: Ward says the challenge for pro-lifers is to change the narrative that abortion is health care. She's convinced that nothing could be further from the truth. Thousands of daycare centers in New York could be forced to shut down due to a lack of funding. This could impact a quarter million kids across the Empire State. David Kolinsky owns several daycares in the Rochester area. So I think it's a bigger risk for smaller centers who maybe burn through all their subsidy money and now when that goes away that they won't have enough income to to stay afloat. The COVID-inspired American Rescue Plan provided $900 million to prop up the child care industry in New York. Now those funds are drying up and local child care directors are more than a little bit concerned.
3: And what that money did was to help programs expand their services open up new locations, uh, give additional dollars as a bonus to their staff members, as well as invest into their own programs. That's Jeff Peer. He's president
1: of the Child Care Council of New York. The pandemic-era funds are set to expire soon, which could mean up to 5,700 child care programs in New York could close their doors. New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to harness the power of artificial intelligence. She's launched a $20 million effort to help SUNY schools better train students on how to use AI for good in the future.
0: It transforms our ability to find innovative health cures and
1: solutions. It changes our relationship between businesses and customers. It helps us figure out all kinds of solutions. A partnership with IBM will set the tone for how the state's university system operates in the age of artificial intelligence. The Iroquois Central School District in Elma, New York, hosted a meeting last night about the district's mascot and logo change set to take effect early next year. We want to honor and respect the Native Americans and understanding their story and listening to what they have to say is very, very important in understanding and have empathy and compassion towards anyone in the world. Iroquois Central Superintendent Douglas Schofield. By March, we should have everything completely done and we can start getting contractors to resurface floors and put up the appropriate images. The New York Education Department recently mandated schools eliminate indigenous mascots and logos, such nicknames will be no more in New York by June of 2025. Police at first thought it was a mountain lion, a large feline spotted in Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley. Turns out it was nothing more than a feral house cat. Family Life's Terry Dieter.
3: Tom Keller, a biologist with the Pennsylvania Game Commission, said officials went to the area in Lower Macungie Township on Monday. After looking at photos, comparing it to animal cutouts and examining tracks, officials concluded it was not a mountain lion. All right, Keller said what happens in these situations is that people will take pictures of an animal by zooming in, which can often throw off the sense of scale and make the cat seem bigger than it actually is. It's been a very long time since a wild mountain lion was found in Pennsylvania. The last known eastern mountain lion was killed in Brooks County in 1874. Terry Diener, Family Life News. All right, very interesting. Thank you, Terry. Some news you can use.
1: Almost time, folks, to winterize that lawnmower. The
0: first step is dealing with the gas left in the machine, according to Ward Upham with Kansas State University Extension.
3: It can become gummy if it sits too long. So you need to, at the end of the season, either drain that gas or treat it with a stabilizer. After you treat it, start that engine and let it run long enough that that treated gas gets into the carburetor.
0: He says next, check your spark plugs.
3: If the tip of that spark plug is black, that means the carburetor is running a little rich. If it's kind of a whitish color, it's running lean. Either of those problems, you probably should take it in and have them adjust that so that it's running at the right amount of fuel-air mixture.
0: Upham says if it looks really bad, just replace it. He advises to also change your air filter and get the blade sharpened. I'm Rebecca Hughes. All right, Rebecca,
1: thank you for that. Your Tuesday Midday Sports is next on the Family Life Noon
3: Report. (laughs) Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snadley Bob, the first pitch Kyle Schwarber saw he deposited in the right field stands. Later in the first, Bryce Harper did the same thing. Then in the second, Nick Castellanos followed suit. And the Phillies were off and running with a 5-3 victory over the Arizona D-backs. Zach Wheeler struck out eight and gave up two runs in six innings of work to pick up the win. Harper finished two for three with a pair of RBIs. Over in the American League, how about the Texas Rangers? They are still undefeated this postseason, and they are now up two games to none against the defending champion Houston Astros. The Rangers raced out to an early lead, then held on to beat the Stros 5-4 despite a pair of home runs from Jordan Alvarez. Texas now 7-0 in the playoffs. Let's talk football. Monday night action saw Stephen Gilmore pick off Justin Abair with under two minutes to play, and the Cowboys held off the Chargers 20-17. Dak Prescott threw for 272 yards on the score. He also ran one in for a touchdown. Dallas now 4-2 and two on the season. Let's talk hockey. Vincent Trochuk broke a 1-1 tie midway through the third period, and the New York Rangers clipped the Coyotes 2-1. Chris Kreider opened the scoring in the first with his fourth goal of the season. The Rangers now 2-1-1 one one to start the season. Also skating the wins, the Blackhawks over the Maple Leafs 4-1. Florida edge New Jersey 4-3. The Caps won in a shootout over Calgary 3-2. And the Red Wings shut out the Blue Jackets for nothing. That is a look at
1: sports. All right, Randy, thank you kindly still to come on the Noon Report voting for Speaker, rescuing the hostages, and who rescues the rescuers. Coming up, we're going to brag on a Christian support group for first responders.
2: Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. One of the more ridiculous images to make its way around social media sites in the wake of the horrific attack in Israel was a photo of four westerners with a sign, quote, Queers for Palestine. There's also a Twitter page with that same name with a banner photo that insists Allah loves equality. Now statements like these are so out of touch with reality, we can only hope that they're satire. Given what we know of Hamas, ISIS, and the Iranian regime, it's safe to assume that there won't be any pride parades in Gaza or Ramallah anytime soon. Progressives looking for ideological sympathy among the rulers or people of Palestine are simply fooling themselves. Of course, just over a week ago, all of this would have just been sadly amusing. Now it's terrifying. Ever since the October 7th attacks, protesters across Europe, America, and Australia have denied, excused, justified, even supported the murders, the rapes, and the beheadings of babies perpetrated by Hamas in Israel. Now, of course, it makes a kind of barbaric sense for radical Muslim groups to support such stands. It's harder to fathom how Western progressives could offer such affinity for radical Islamism. And yet, on the very same American college campuses, where you could be silenced for refusing to say that a man is a woman, Jewish co-eds are tearfully begging school officials to stop the speeches from those people who are saying that they want them dead. In Philadelphia, a speaker applauded Hamas for a job well done. At George Mason University, students chanted, quote, They've got tanks, we've got hang gliders, glory to the resistance fighters. Before they issued an incredibly paltry half apology, the BLM organization chapter in Chicago. Tweeted an image of a Hamas killer Parachuting into battle As strange of bedfellows as they make Radical Islam and the far left Share hatred for the western tradition They can't stomach free markets Objective morality and knowledge Are the uncompromising priority of human liberty Especially religious freedom In particular, especially in academic contexts, The left's hatred is grounded In the ideological capture of our ivory towers By critical theory This is a way of thinking that reduces The complexity of human existence to predetermined categories of oppressed versus oppressor. And based on these categories, moral virtue and moral guilt is pre-assigned. The matrix of this dynamic determines who's right and wrong in any and every situation. Anything done for the sake of the oppressed is just, apparently, even mass murder and rape. Anything done on behalf of the oppressor is vile, even warning civilians to get out of a war zone while the other side's trying to keep them in it. In this case, all that matters is that Jews have been cast into the role of oppressor and their opponents as victims. All actions, then, are either justified or condemned along this simplistic schematic. Decades of Western decadence have simply Numbed us to the power of beliefs Ideas have consequences Bad ideas have victims That's true on college campuses and in Gaza By rejecting objective morality As tyrannical, believers And the ideas of critical theory Have embraced tyranny as moral Neil Shenvey and Pat Sawyer unpacked the ideas Of critical theory and expose them For what they are in their terrific new book Critical Dilemma And you can request a copy with a gift to the Colson Center This month Also, I'm excited to announce that the authors will join us For our next break Breakpoint Forum on October the 26th to discuss the ideas of critical theory, including in light of some of these current headlines. The forum will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and will be hosted by Colson Center resident theologian Dr. Timothy Pageant. It's free, but you have to register. Go to breakpoint.org forum. That's breakpoint.org forum. For the Colson Center. I'm John Stone Street. Thank you, John. Outside we go
1: next.
4: Kevin Williams, you're up. Here is your family life weather forecast. The call for this afternoon. Still plenty of stubborn clouds. Some breaks of sunshine and a passing shower in spots, the high in the 50s. Some clouds around tonight, patchy fog reforms, low temperatures, upper 30s to the mid-40s. Tomorrow and Thursday will bring clouds and sun. High temperatures tomorrow, 50s and low 60s. We're well into the 60s on Thursday.
1: We'll take it. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon
4: Report. I'm Bob Price,
1: and here's what's going on Tuesday, the 17th of October. Congress voting on a new Speaker of the House this afternoon.
2: You can't open the House and do the work of the American people
1: and help our dearest and closest friend, Israel, if you don't have a Speaker. Ohio Republican Jim Jordan needs 217 votes to win the job. Taylor Popolars
2: with Spectrum News. the United States Congress has never experienced this long a stretch without a speaker in the middle of a session, something experts say has ground Washington to a halt. And the speaker has a lot of responsibilities. And without a speaker, it's just very hard for the House to get much of anything done.
1: New York Governor Kathy Hochul on her way to Israel today to show support to the
4: Jewish state as the war with Hamas continues. Hochul tweeting last night that, quote, I'm traveling to Israel for a solidarity mission and said that during these difficult times, it's more important than ever for New York to show up. The governor said that she'll meet with diplomatic leaders and devastated communities, and Hochul returns to New York on Friday. Paul Bernane
1: with WCBS. President Biden flies to Israel tomorrow. Secretary of State Tony Blinken. He's coming here at a critical moment. More from correspondent Richard Engel.
0: This is not the first time President Biden travels to a war zone. He visited Kiev in Ukraine, but at the time, no one expected that Russian President Vladimir Putin would try and kill the President of the United United States. In this case, there are more actors. Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, they are less predictable by far.
1: While in the Holy Land, the president will be briefed on Israeli war plans and help coordinate efforts to free hostages held by Hamas. White House spokesman John Kirby.
2: One of the reasons why the president wants to go is to speak directly with Prime Minister Netanyahu and other Israeli government officials about, about their plans, about their strategy, about how things are going on the ground. So he's looking forward very much to getting more of a fingertip feel of how things are going. So how are things going for Israel right now? Fox
1: News correspondent Trey Yinks. The mood among Israeli soldiers is still positive. It's
3: high. They say they're ready for battle. They
1: understand this will be a difficult street-to-street battle, but they're ready. He says another fly in the ointment for Israel is Iran, which continues to make threatening remarks against the Jewish state.
2: Israel's goal is to completely wipe Hamas off the map. And if that takes place, it's a bad thing for Iran.
1: Hamas releasing its first video today of a 21-year-old Israeli woman that it is holding captive. It's very hard
4: to see my daughter. I see the pain. I see that she's in physical pain. She's very emotional and very, very scared. The
1: mother of that woman, identified as Maya, says she can tell by watching the proof of life video that Hamas is telling her daughter what to say. Ivy League schools like Harvard and U Penn could lose half a billion dollars in future endowments for failing to. To condemn the Hamas terror attacks. This as students at those schools continue to condemn Israel. Kit Parker is a Harvard professor. Over the last 50 years you've seen a lot of drift amongst the uh, college faculty
3: towards the political left. So you see a lack of political diversity on the campus and you start started seeing more and more liberal causes embraced.
1: Increasingly U.S.
3: universities
1: are becoming a flashpoint in the war between Israel and Hamas and that is concerning to
3: college President Ben Sasse. Why don't universities get back to actually educating and help students that are so confused have to actually come to terms with the fact that the paraglider imagery flowed directly from the text of Hamas's charter.
1: The former Nebraska senator and current head at the University of Florida says college campuses that do not condemn
3: Hamas are taking the wrong side. Kidnapped grandmas, we have a massacre at a concert, we have intentionally targeted schools and babies. This isn't morally complex it's easy to condemn evil as evil
1: sass says he supports free speech on campus but is also concerned about the rise of anti-semitism on many of america's college campuses you're plugged into the noon report a tuesday edition on family life
3: Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. This week's guest is Liz Smith, founder of The Five
2: Nines, a Christian support group for Chautauqua County first responders.
0: I'm a paramedic with Chautauqua County EMS and about a year and a half to two years ago I experienced some PTSD problems and sought out both spiritual and mental health help and through both Jesus and ART therapy I found miraculous healing. And it just put this burden on my heart like there needs to be a group there needs to be something for first responders so many of us believers in police fire ems feel like we have to kind of put jesus in a box go to work and then we can take him back out when we come home and i'm like we got to break that we got to be able to have jesus right alongside us on our day-to-day here so it's just something that god had really placed on my heart about two years ago and i believe it was the beginning of this year a co-worker of mine connected me with a woman who had the same exact vision and the same experience only she's a police officer. So she had gone through a, a similar experience, found healing, and she's like, We got to get a group together. So she and I together met, and we were both like, At The same time, God put the same thing on our hearts. Like, we have to do this. So we started the Five Nines group, which is based off of Matthew 5 9
3: blessed are the peacemakers, right, for they'll be called children yes, of God. Yes. Probably a bit of an uphill battle, is
2: is it, for for acceptance or not?
0: Surprisingly, not as much as I thought it would be. I've always been kind of the person, personally, who doesn't like to push the boundaries or upset anyone and I, much like my uh, partner in this group, Taylor, she and I are like, nope, we're praying with people on scene, let's do this. So, we have started testing the waters, if you will, without fear. Praying with patients, praying with families, offering help in different ways that otherwise people don't talk about and we're very vocal about it because so many people feel like they can't but I think that it just takes one or two to stand up and say no it's okay <laughs> you're allowed to do this you can bring Jesus into work with you for others to finally feel the comfort and not putting Jesus on the back burner you know I think Jamestown in particular has just this horrible negative cloud over it for especially drug use and people brush off other people as disposable now and like that personally is something that I'm really passionate about it. Remembering that every patient, no matter the circumstances, is still a child of God and they deserve respect. And people don't realize that it seems like you've signed up for this is what we get a lot, you know, and a lot of uh, I personally am guilty of uh, this prior. as I would just come home and say, I need a drink to relax because that day was rough. And it's a very slippery slope. And people don't realize how much we have to keep to ourselves, because if we told you what the true story was, y'all would think we were crazy. <laughs> you know, we can't just talk about these things and we don't want to share these things. And one thing we don't take into consideration is those, those first responders all have lives. They have relationships, family, stress. You have no idea what they're going through in their quote, normal day. So for me, actually, my husband and I were mid-divorce during my PTSD breakdown. By the grace of God, we, our marriage was saved and we were saved through that, thank God. But that's what really put me over the edge is I was able to kind of keep my head above water dealing with the tragedies. In four days, I had five deaths that were awful and traumatic and one ended up being a pediatric and it finally that on top of trying to handle a very nasty divorce put me over the edge and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So even though we're trained to go into those circumstances, you don't know what's going on in those people in their day-to-day lives that could be warming them down too. And for so many of us, especially men, you can't talk about those things. You don't want anyone to know you're struggling. That was our big thing was making a safe place both online and in person for first responders to talk about not only their calls, But what's going on in their lives and what they need help with in their relationship with Christ, because for us on the EMS side, it's let's go out for a drink and talk about this day. And for the police side, I know Taylor has shared with me, let's grab a case of beer and drink about it, you know. And I'm like, there's got to be something healthier than this. I still want to be able to unload on people who understand what I saw today, but there's got to be a healthier way. So that's why we started our monthly in-person meetings. We try to meet once a month, eat a meal together in a circle. So we're really, truly communing together. We do a study and we do our our normal first responder talk about our calls and whatnot to be able to unload in a safe place that God is present in. Do
3: you find that the gospel is able to break down those barriers and those shells during those sessions and people really? open up?
0: Oh man, so much so. It always blows my mind when God shows up in fun ways. It's pretty amazing to see our studies are all mostly based on mental health and what the scripture says about how to help our thoughts and what we see and how to heal and how to stay strong and also how to be weak. Sometimes we just have to realize we can't do it and we gotta let God do it. As females, we still feel that pressure of like, be a man. Sometimes it's okay to just realize we're not in as much control as we think we are.
3: (laughs) That's Liz Smith founder of the Five Nines, a Christian support group for Chautauqua County first responders. Please join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. All
1: right, great job as
3: always. Thank you, Mark.
1: Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday during the noon report or online anytime. Just go to familylife.org. Look for the news icon on the podcast page.
4: Good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast on the latest weather map we are still dealing with this pesky area of low pressure well off the coast of new england keeping us in a cool clammy airflow however that system is going to be continuing to weaken and depart and that will result in brightening of our skies and a slight warming of the air the golf of this afternoon though still plenty of stubborn clouds some breaks of sunshine and a passing shower in spots the high in the 50s some clouds around tonight patchy fog reforms low temperatures upper 30s to the mid 40s tomorrow and thursday will bring clouds and sun High temperatures tomorrow, 50s and low 60s. We're well into the 60s on Thursday.
1: All right, nice to see that sun again. Thank you, Kevin. Fine at noon, today's the day we set aside to clean off our desktop, our virtual desktop.
2: Here's Family Life's Brian Query. Many of us make a point to vacuum, do laundry, and keep other things clean. Yet most of us neglect the condition of our computers. Well, today's the day set aside to do just that as it's National Clean Your Desktop Day. Created by the Personal computer. Computer Museum in 2010, this unofficial holiday encourages people to organize their desktop and the files on their computers. Just like in real life, it's very easy to collect useless and unimportant files on our computers. And just like when we're surrounded by clutter, we tend to get unproductive. A mess on our computer desktops can negatively affect our motivation and ability to do well. So today, take a minute, bit by bit, to organize your files. Delete unwanted or unneeded projects, and who knows? If you're really good at at it you might just find yourself a new gig brian query family life news
1: i gig it brian thank you very much that's the world we live in folks tuesday october 17th i'm bob price family life news
0: you've been listening to the noon report heard weekdays on family life thank you for listening